Today on the Daily Getter Daily Thought, we hear from a black farmer who's angry that a discriminatory policy that excluded white farmers in need from getting any government help is sad he won't be getting the government help. And he's mad at white farmers because the government tried to push a basically racist program that discriminated against whites. What is happening in Houston? Very important story that's going to tell you and inform you a lot of what's happening in the the violent crime and one of the big reasons for the rise of violent crime. You may or may not know what swatting is. No, it's not just for kinky sex anymore, my friends. This one can lead to people getting killed. And we'll talk about that case in uh, Tennessee. And guess what? Protests that are pro-Cuba, pro-freedom, anti-communism, anti-Castroism, those kind of protests, unlike Black Lives Matter protests, which are completely wonderful and justified and, of course, mostly peaceful, those that are against Cuba and for freedom and liberty and pro-American, they're like the Trump rallies. They're just super spreaders. And everyone's going to die of COVID again. And science, well, scientists are asking the American people to help to do something that is oh so important. That really, I don't think the earth will survive if we don't help the scientists do that. We'll wrap the show up with that. And we'll, we'll give you some time to predict what is going to be, my friends. Now, get ready on this Thursday afternoon to kick this pig. Be right back. Away we go, my friends, with the Daily Gator Daily Thought, the 83rd edition. Let's go to uh, a piece by Philip Barker of Newsweek. He writes about a black farmer who claims to have been waiting for justice his whole life. The black farmer says, I've been farming in North Carolina for over 40 years. Despite decades of hard work and strong support from fellow farmers and loyal customers, My business has often struggled to make ends meet while neighboring farms turn profits. Why is my experience different, he asks. I'm a black farmer in an industry with a deep history of discrimination. So now farming's racist. Why not? Over the years, I've spoken with a number of white farmers who wanted to understand how our experiences differed. Farming is a hard industry for everyone, so why was it any harder for me? I explained to them that it has nothing to do with the farming itself. Cows, chickens, pigs don't discriminate. Now, if chickens, cows, and pigs don't discriminate, are they, but they, are they anti-racist? Because if they just don't discriminate, don't see skin color, they're probably white supremacists who committed the worst atrocity ever in the history of mankind according to the Biden administration anyway. Uh, The same cannot be said of the bankers 
that farmers must meet with to borrow money or refinance a loan. When you start a farm, just like any small business, you've got to take out those loans to purchase land, equipment, and supplies. But black farmers like me have much less access to loan opportunities through the Farm Service Agency than white farmers. My wife and I would go down to the bank and ask for an appointment, and we'd be told the banker wasn't there and couldn't see us. Yet moments later, a white person would walk in and we'd be and would be ushered right into their office. Excuse me, I'm just going to point something out. I'm not accusing this farmer from North Carolina of being a liar, but uh, I smell something. It doesn't smell right. This story's too too convenient. Do I believe that a bank who's going to loan money and has to please the public, do I believe they would be so brazenly and openly racist? Sorry, I don't buy that. I just don't. Recently, the story continues, Congress promised to establish a new program in the U.S. Department of Agriculture, also known as the USDA, to provide debt relief for farmers of color. That was a, a, a Biden thing. It was a powerful recognition of the need to right historic wrongs against black farmers and other farmers of color. But federal judges in Wisconsin and Florida have now issued temporary orders to block the USDA from moving forward with the program. Now think about this. If there's been discrimination, historic discrimination against black farmers in the past, how does discriminating against white farmers today fix that problem? Remember the Bible, two wrongs don't make a right? The farmer then continues, when I heard about this legal challenge, I wasn't surprised. My whole life, politicians have promised to support black farmers who have been wronged so many times, only for those efforts to stall out. But then I realized for the first time, we have Congress, we have the president, USDA, and the Department of Justice all on our side. Leaders at the highest levels of government have declared unequivocally that debt relief for farmers of colors is not only needed to repair past harm, again, a form of reparations. Black farmers back then were discriminated against, so we're going to give you stuff. Not the way to succeed in business, frankly. Leaders at the highest levels of government, again, they declared unequivocally that the past needed to be repaired. But to ensure all our communities are fed, healthy, and thriving as we recover from the pandemic. Now, he says it's only a handful of radical extremists pushing back against this program in court. Don't liberals always say everyone who opposes them is a radical, an extremist? And they're racist, of course. And it's time for us to stand up to this vocal minority. A lot of my friends are white farmers. Well, that sounds pretty racist, doesn't it? If you say, I have black friends, you're a racist. So I guess if he knows other white farmers and are friends with other white farmers, that makes him a racist. I'm just applying liberal logic here. I'm just playing by the liberal rules, folks. Don't blame me for being right again. Now, these friends who are white farmers want me to have the same chance, he says, at success that they have. They know I'm a hard worker and expect in farming my land and passionate about supporting my community with healthy food. They also understand that when I'm blocked from an opportunity, that doesn't actually mean more opportunities for them. Let me interject here, sir. I would say to you that the idea of not discriminating is not that it helps one side or helps another is that there should be no discrimination. That's the ideal behind it. A very American ideal, very American to say everyone has the same opportunities, the same chances. Some will reach success. Some won't. Some will be more successful. Some will be more successful than them. It's just the way it goes. It depends on talent. It depends on luck. It depends on a lot of factors. But you can't enforce equality of outcome. You just can't. It doesn't work. As Milton Friedman said, you can have equality or you can have liberty, but you can't have both. 
They also understand when I'm blocked for an opportunity, that doesn't mean more opportunities for them. I don't the white farmers think that. In fact, it hurts them because families across the country depend on healthy, sustainable food from independent farms. And when more farmers have a fair chance to succeed, we all benefit. Well, let me say, if they're in need like you're in need, a white farmer and you, Mr. Black Farmer, you're both equally in need. There's a loan out there that can help you. Great. Okay. If the government wants to do that, I'm not going to argue against it. Okay. I'm kind of against the government doing that, but let's digress for a second. But banning the white farmer from applying for that aid does hurt them. Again, you can't have equality, especially when you try to go back in history and say it was unequal back then. So we're going to flip the inequality today and it'll everything will be fixed. The universe will be right. The sun will always shine. The rain will be cool and refreshing. And no one will ever get struck by lightning. Yeah, it'll be perfect. No one will ever be attacked by a shark. It's beautiful. By the way, what if... What if... They say you're less likely to get bitten by a shark or and struck by lightning than win the lottery. What if the lightning strikes the shark as you realize you left your lottery ticket and then you go scratch your lottery ticket and you won a million dollars? Is it because the lightning struck the shark? I don't know. But again, I, I digress. Here in rural North Carolina, Farmers of color have played a crucial role in addressing food insecurity. Food insecurity is a bad thing. I was just at uh, at uh, Kroger the other day, and I was trying to pick out the, the tomatoes I wanted. And I could feel that the, the beefsteak tomatoes, they, they kept looking at me like I could feel their insecurity. It's sad. It's a sad thing. Come on, beefsteak tomatoes. You're very valuable. Tomatoes' lives matter. Remember that. Uh, let me see where I left off here. I'm sorry. I was too busy trying to be funny and having fun. We've worked together to support one another and establish affordable farmer's markets to bring fresh, fresh food to people in rural areas where grocery stores can be dozens of miles away. And the local food options are fast food or dollar stores. It's made a real difference in our community's health. Just imagine the impact we could have if we all were able to access opportunities equally. Again, sir, if there's a loan, a program out there from the federal government, and it only helps some farmers according to their skin color, it discriminates against farmers of other skin colors. Do you want discrimination or not? If you say, I don't want discrimination, bravo, you win the cookie for the day. But this idea that an opportunity for you should be available to all, shouldn't it? Shouldn't equal, equal, equal. Remember equality, the one thing you're obsessing over? It should be equal. The opportunity should be. Whatever government loan, whatever the, the stipulations for applying and, and getting money from that program should go equally to anyone of any race. That's simple. But this person apparently doesn't want that. They want special treatment, and then they want to pretend it's okay because in the past, other people who look like me were screwed over, and there's no excuse for that in the past, but why screw over people who don't look like you today so you'll feel better? Now, let's talk about, uh, about a phenomenon. Last year, if you remember... <clears throat> If you remember, there were the super spreader events, and usually it was a, a name the, the media threw out to large gatherings of people that they feared would spread the COVID-19 virus. Usually it was Trump rallies. They would lose their lunch over that. Any type of opening of anything, a bunch of people at the beach, for instance, whether well, outdoors, but they're kind of close to each other. Anything like that, they were super, super spreader events. The media, however, never looked at the, never once that I saw, looked at the Black Lives Matter protests, the rallies, the, that were, I must say, mostly peaceful. 
Forget the burning building behind me, kids. That is mostly peaceful, okay? Stop it. Mostly peaceful. Say it with me. Those couldn't be super. There was never any any indication that those large gatherings of unmasked many of them people marching together well within the six feet of social distancing mandated and recommended by Dr. Fauci. But those couldn't spread. Those were all, oh, that oh, we've, we've the, the right to speak and the right to protest is more, more important than anything else we were told by the left. Well, if that's true, then why weren't Trump supporters classified the same way by the media? Could it be that there's just an Im implicit bias that when people on the left do it, it's okay and wonderful and, oh, kumbaya? Or is it that that there's, yeah, some discrimination? Just specifically ideological bigotry here. And the right scoop reports that there is COVID danger back in large gatherings again. But guess what it's from? Is it from the thousands and thousands and thousands of uh, illegal aliens pouring in from Mexico, from all over Central America? No, that's not. That's not. That's not a problem. What is a problem, though, are protesters in Cuba and Miami and other parts of Florida protesting against Castroism and communism. Those people can spread the virus because they're they're opposed to communism which is basically the religion of the media. I would say the religion of the left, but the media is of the left now for the most part. The, uh, the protest from the right scoop, the, uh, the headline from the right scoop is very good. What do you know? Protests are COVID danger again. Cuban freedom, not inoculated speech. See, freedom of speech is not all equal. People are protesting against communism and socialism, demanding freedom in Cuba. In Florida, massive protests have been taking place in support of that movement. In Cuba and Florida, the American flag is being waved as a symbol of freedom and liberty, and you know who hates that. That's right, the media, especially Jim Acosta. I think it gives him hives on his little hiney or something. So they've made protesting a COVID risk again. And this tweet from Reuters, Cuban protest risk exacerbating COVID-19 spike. Could they seriously think that we wouldn't remember, asked the right scoop? Oh, we do. Even in a pandemic, the World Health Organization is from back when the Black Lives Matter protests were going on. Even in a pandemic, who that is the World Health Order, believes that public protests are important. Unless you're protesting against communism, then you're bad. And then you have some tweets here. Uh, Glenn Greenwald asking the question, was this true of the sustained nationwide protest of last summer as well? Questioning the Reuters statement about uh, pro-freedom for Cuban protests may be exacerbating or creating COVID-19 spikes. It's it's funny. The double standards of the media and the left, but again, I repeat myself, my friends, and a lot of people have called them out on, uh, on Twitter, have called Reuters out. Uh, but it is amazing to watch the media and then watch them pretend they don't do it. They'd say, oh, we would never do that. And then they turn around and do it immediately. And then immediately after that, they'll say, we would never do that. And this tweet kind of sums it up from a Finman at Finman 2010. I have no idea if he's part fish or not. The BLM protests were safe, but these are dangerous because virtues only spread when the protesters aren't politically aligned with the journalist class. That's right. And that's true. The media does look down on you and me and a lot of other people because they are the elites. They're the chosen ones. Now, swatting. Have you ever heard the term? I, I know a lot of people have. A lot of people probably don't. I became familiar with this you know, 10 years ago or so, maybe. But swatting is when you call the police on a person like a neighbor in their home. And you, you, you lie and you say that they're 
They're ranting, they're raving, they're waving, they're walking down the front porch waving a gun around, they're threatening to kill themselves and others. And you want to make an anonymous call hoping the police will show up, maybe even the SWAT team, hence the term swatting. And several people have been killed over the years. Uh, I think the first time I ever heard of it, it was a couple gamers. And one gamer got mad at another and knew his address and got this young kid, 17, 18 years old, maybe even 16, was killed by the police uh, because they kind of burst in his house and he he didn't uh, know what the hell was going on. And tragically, he was shot. Uh, I remember another case. This person was at a Walmart. It was a black man. Walking around, he got a BB gun, a rifle BB gun for his nephew, I believe. Maybe his son. But he's walking around this Walmart in this couple happened to see him and they were very anti-gun people if I remember correctly they called in and said there was a black man in this Walmart pointing the gun at people they thought it was going to be a mass shooting they, they got the police very ramped up very nervous about this going in and that man ended up getting shot and killed he just had a a, uh, a BB gun or maybe some type of airsoft or pellet gun whatever whatever they're called now I still call them BB guns uh so that's what swatting is. You're lying to the police, at, hoping they will come in and kill somebody, basically. Some people think it's cute. It's detestable. Well, a Tennessee man died recently after being the target of a swatting call. The call was part of an effort to get him to give up his highly sought-after Twitter handle. Really. So Twitter, we know... You can get a lot of followers. You can get famous on Twitter, I guess. But is it worth killing someone over? Because he won't give up his Twitter handle. Mark Herring, 60 years old, was described by his daughter, Corita Fitch, as the kind of person who was always ahead of tech trends. A case in point is Herring being an early adopter of social media platforms, specifically Twitter. Uh, Finch, Finch, again, the man who was killed, said he joined microblogging network uh, within a week of its debut. This is Twitter we're talking about, enabling him to stake a claim to the handle hashtag or actually be at Tennessee. Now you imagine the state of Tennessee might want that. Some government agency of the state of Tennessee travel. A lot of people would would really seek out at Tennessee. It's like if you think someone's going to run for president, you might go on Twitter and claim the handle uh, at DeSantis 2004 or 2024. If you thought he's going to run, you might you might claim several of those. You almost also might open a website. So if his campaign wants that website address, that name or the Twitter handle, they may come to you and say, hey, we got some money. You got something we want. Of course, they would not swat you. Uh, they wouldn't do this. According to his Twitter homepage, he joined the platform in March of 2007, the same month the service debuted at the South by Southwest Conference in Texas. As the company grew in popularity, it became clear that Herring's sparsely used handle was actually quite valuable. He would just, in passing, say, I got another offer for, on my Twitter handle today. Uh, Fitch told local ABC affiliate WKRN-TV. But for Herring, who loved the Tennessee Volunteers, selling was not an option. That's when several other users allegedly tried to uh, pressure Herring to give up the at Tennessee handle by harassing him digitally and his family, culminating in Herring being the target of the swatting call. And again, swatting the the term, the definition they use is harassment. It's a harassment technique that involves deceiving emergency service dispatchers into sending armed law enforcement and emergency response teams to an unwitting third party's home where no actual emergency exists. According to WKRN, Fitch received a series of pizza deliveries uh, to her home on the night of April 27th, 2020 that she did not order. All were cash on delivery. 
she soon learned that the same thing was happening to her sister and mother across town. So as the whole family was getting these. Herring, however, was, was not as lucky. His son-in-law, Greg Hooge, uh, told WKRN that Herring received a phone call from a neighbor who told them that there were police officers all over his property because a man had killed a woman and was on Herring's property. So that's what 911 was sold. He went out of the house with a gun because he heard someone was on his property and he sees all these cops around him, Fitch explained to WKRN. They ask if he's Mark Herring and say, put up your hands. He tosses a gun away to show he is not a threat, then puts his hands up. So he did kind of a foolish thing by leaving his home. He should have never went out, gone out there with a gun. If you know police are right there, don't do that. Never do that. But he threw the gun away when told to. It's amazing when you comply, you don't get shot. Hmm. Somebody should tell Benjamin Crump that. But he does the right thing there, throws the gun down. But then he uh, suffered a, a fatal heart attack. So this man lost his life because some asshole, some jackass decided they wanted a Twitter handle so badly that they were willing to do whatever for. And you know what you're doing when you when you commit swatting. You know what it is. If you are online and you're a gamer or you're big into to social media, you know what it is. You know what it can lead to. And whoever did it, they need to, well, uh, you need to pay the price because they uh, basically helped uh, in taking someone's life. Now, the person that was behind the police, uh, pizza delivery and the swatting was a man they say named Shane Sonderman, who early on the day of his death had called Herring and demanded that he turn over his Twitter handle. He was from Tennessee, Fitch said. He's the one that collected all of her information, my address, my sister, my mom's, my other sisters. He put it on a channel on Discord, which is a gaming chat forum. The family said another minor in the UK was the one who placed the call to the police station. Think about that. Somebody in the UK places a call that cost a man his life in Tennessee, in the United States. Uh, Sonderman, who was a minor when he tried to intimidate Herring, was charged with several federal hate crimes in May 2020. Uh, among them, war fraud, conspiracy, interstate communication of threats, and engaging in false information and hoaxes. Authorities said he targeted at least six other victims in a similar intimidation scheme to obtain their social media handles. Sonderman and his co-conspirators would identify a high-value user account name or handles that could likely be sold to willing buyers on the Internet, on Instagram, Snapchat, Minecraft, Twitter, and other social media platforms. The indictment against Sonderman said as part of the harassment campaign, defendant Sonderman and his, again, co-conspirators would place calls to emergency services, dispatchers, or 911 dispatchers, claiming that an emergency was in progress at the residence of the owner of the desired Instagram handle or at the residence of a member of the owner's family. There are some sick people in the world, my friends. And don't underestimate, some geeky-ass kid in the UK can get you killed. Social media has got a lot of good to it. It could be absolutely wonderful if people all acted right. And if social media, the people who run it, had not decided they were going to correct everyone's information for them and tell everyone what to think and what to read and what to believe and what not because we're too stupid to figure it out for ourselves. Uh, but uh, pretty scary stuff, my friends. In fact, uh, terrifying stuff. Be careful in the net. You never know. And now let's move on to what the hell is going on in Houston. So what the heck is up with Houston? Well, at the other McCain, he has a very, very, very good piece up. Uh entitled what's wrong with Houston basically 
He says, say hello to Danny Garcia Cezettis. Thankfully, you can also say goodbye to him because he's dead now and will no longer terrorize Texas, which is what he did every day of his worthless criminal life. Houston police said in a statement that Cazares had a history of mental illness and had been arrested three times in the last year. All three times he was released from jail on bond. One of the charges, felon in possession of a firearm. I'm so glad we're finally, finally taking gun crime, literally, gun violence, literally, or, or like it should be taken. By releasing people who are felons and then caught in possession of a firearm, you shouldn't get back out of prison until you have a trial, frankly, um, because that's a big no-no. But if you continue to release violent people among society, members of society are going to pay the price. There is probably, uh, McCain writes, no other crime that is more predictive of murder. If there is one thing that everybody ought to be able to agree on when it comes to crime, it's that felons caught with guns need to be put behind bars for a long time. They are a danger to everyone in the community. And so, after Cazares, whose criminal record dates back to when he was 18 and whose sister said he had schizophrenia, is relief, released from custody, guess what? Guess what happened? You'll never guess. Or maybe you will. He did two things. A, he got a gun. B, he shot two people. The victim and shooter in Thursday's downtown Houston Aquarium shooting, according to the news story here, which is from Houston.com, Fox 26. Uh, the victim and shooter in Tuesday's downtown Houston Aquarium shooting had, has have been identified by authorities. The Harris County Institute of Forensic Sciences identified the victim as 28-year-old Gabriel Alexander Mariones Vargas. The shooter was identified as Danny Cazares, 39. A 24-year-old woman who was Vargas's wife uh, was injured in the shooting and taken to the hospital. The shooting occurred around 8, 10 p.m. at 410 Bagby Street in the bar area on the second floor of the aquarium. So two people get shot because the genius is in there running this, the, the, the justice system. The area where it says, should we release this person or keep them in, in, in jail? Apparently they can't figure out what to do. The motive in the shooting remains unknown. There is video that showed uh, Cazares approach Vargas and his wife in a restaurant, produce a gun, and then fire multiple shots at them before turning the gun on himself. Too bad he didn't just turn it on himself to begin with. Authorities said the preliminary investigation, including a statement from Vargas's wife, stated that the victims did not know Cazares. Crazy. He was crazy. And you can say he's crazy all day long, but crazy people, as Robert Stacey McCain of the other weekend will tell you, are dangerous. That's a rule of life, folks. Gay, crazy people are dangerous. And if you get shot and killed or shot and wounded by one, it doesn't matter if they did it because they're crazy. It matters that they shot you and you're dead or you're severely injured or you're paralyzed or, or the rest of your life is ruined. It doesn't matter why. And crazy people need to be put away. If you're proven a threat to society, you need to stay in jail. How easy is that? Seriously. Robert Stacey McCain asked this question, crazy? Crazy people don't need motives? And this guy was crazy. According to Click to Houston, uh, the suspect underwent once in, in, underwent, excuse me, a mental health evaluation after being found wandering around the Cypher Fire Department's bunkhouse. The gun charge resulted from his niece calling police to report he was Seated at the bar with a loaded pistol in his pocket at a different Houston restaurant. He was also accused of trashing out a hotel room. The TV station reported his family told Eyewitness News that Cesaris was a 
a sweet man who had schizophrenia and had required hospitalization for it. Apparently, he, was t- he still needed hospitalization. Again, I, I feel bad for people who have mental illness. But they don't need to be in positions where they can kill people that have done nothing to them and nothing to anyone else. Number one job of the government, state, local, federal, doesn't matter. Protecting innocent life, my friends. As the other McCain writes, all his family said he was a sweet man. Right. And Hitler like puppies. When are journalists going to stop quoting the families, he asked, of heinous criminals this way? Guy shoots two people in cold blood, and we're supposed to pity him because his family says he was, quote, sweet. For all we know, the entire Cesare's family is a menace to society. But the real point here is why did they let this guy out of jail on bond three times? That is the question I've been asking a long time, Mr. McCain, sir. See, he writes, I can understand liberal judges giving criminals a slap on arrest in places like San Francisco, Chicago, but Houston, Texas. Even if it's a Democratic bastion, Joe Biden received 56% of the vote in Harris County. It's still Texas, by God. Even a Democrat-controlled city ought to be immune to the left-wing social justice nonsense. For the past few months, I've been seeing more and more stories about cases like this one in Houston and wondering what was going on. And apparently other people have taken note of this problem, that other person in this case being the uh, the wheelchair bound governor, perhaps the best in the, in the country, Greg Abbott of Texas. He tweeted this killing by criminals out of bond skyrocket in Houston. That's why I made bail bond reform an emergency item. And by the way, the Democrats who are running away right now, hiding in Washington, having a party, pretending they're frat kids or something, they're they're skipping out so issues like this can't be voted on. The media can paint them as heroes all they want. To me, they're street trash. Get your ass back to your home state of Texas. Serve your constituents. Do your damn jobs. There's other things in the world besides you whining because you say a voting a voting bill is going to discriminate, disenfranchise, and be racist. But, of course, all that's bogus. It's baloney. We know you're Democrats. You lie because you're Democrats. That's what Democrats do, by God. But shouldn't you get your asses back to Texas and vote on bills like this that could, could make some sense of bond and maybe stop letting people out of prison to kill people? In, 20, in 2020, Abbott's tweet continued, just under 19,000 people, 18,796 to be specific, defendants were charged with new crimes while out on bond. I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? I doubt it. Texans would be alive today if stricter bail bond laws existed. But Democrats are too busy, you know, buddying up with Chucky Schumer and Kamala Harris and pretending they're actually doing something worthwhile so they can't vote on stuff like that. Think about that. By the way, the number 18,796 new felonies and misdemeanors while people are out on bond, uh, that number has tripled since 2015. Think about that. That's a huge jump in just, what, six years? Very sad, my friends, very sad. Uh, But uh, the left doesn't care. They don't have time to care. They're trying to uh, destroy everything in the country they can. And you can read the rest of it at theothermccain.com. What's happening in Houston? Good stuff. Go out there and tell them I said hi. I also tell them go Gators. He's a Crimson Tide fan. He might, uh, it might hurt his feelings. Now, finally, the last story of the day, and perhaps the most important. In fact, perhaps the most important ever. Something so essential to, to the continuing existence of life on this planet, frankly. I mean, really, 
if if we can't fix the problems of 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 that really matter, problems like renaming racist insects, the world's doomed anyway. And yes, by the way, I did say renaming racist insects. Now the insects themselves were unavailable, unable to comment on if they're racist or just their names are racist. I think it's just the names. And the insects don't get to choose their names. From Microsoft News, Rebecca Flood covers this earth-shatteringly important story. The Entomological Society of America, known as the ESA, announced in June that common names for the moth Lamantria dispar and the ant's name I'm not even going to try to pronounce, in other words, the gypsy moth and the gypsy ant, as they're commonly known, because people can't, can't readily pronounce a word that's 17 letters long. But the gypsy moth and the gypsy ant have been removed from their, from their common names of insects and related organisms list. I feel so much, I feel such relief. I mean, just knowing those two names were in there, I was, I was, I was sweating my, my butt off at night. I couldn't sleep, all nervous, jittery. <sighs> Figured I was going to just, you know, have an aneurysm or something because, uh, you know, these names, Gypsy Moth, Gypsy Ant, how can I live? How can anyone live with, with the moths and ants named Gypsy? The ESA confirmed the names had been scrapped. Thrown away, trashed, 86, shit can sit down the road. We don't want to hear your name anymore as they contain an ethnic slur and were identified as containing a derogatory term for Romanian people. I don't know about you, but who cares about Romania? Do you? I mean, imagine you have a Romanian friend. I'm sure it is a beautiful country. But you have a Romanian friend, they're visiting from Romania by chance, and you're out and, and you say, you know about moths and ants and stuff, and, and you're into that kind of freaky stuff. And you say, look, it's a gypsy ant and a gypsy moth, and the gypsy ants are attacking the gypsy moth. Your Romanian friend's just going to go, I cannot believe you've hurt my feelings as bad. I am hating you now. Why did I use an Indian accent for a Romanian person? I apologize to... Indian people, first with a bad accent of Indian people, and then to Romanian people, because I don't really know how to do a Romanian accent, so I did an Indian accent. I apologize. I will try, try, try to do better by ridding the world of gypsy moths and gypsy ants. The moth is native to Eurasia. <laughs> no, I did not say I did not say they're from Uranus. I I said they are native to Eurasia, you perverts. What are you people, 11 years old? Uh, but it has become a pest in North America in recent years with the caterpillars feasting on hundreds of species of vegetation. Uh, currently, vast swaths of eastern Canada and the northeast are experiencing one of the largest outbreaks of Lymantria dispar for decades. Lymantria dispar. Isn't that one of those things that no one knows what it is, but there's a medication out for it, and there's about 79 side effects it can have? Yeah, one of those you see on TV, and you're going, good God, how many side effects can one medication have? The move comes as the ESA spearheaded the Better Common Names Project, which will review and replace common insect names which don't meet their standards We've got standards, and you better meet them. They'll squash you like bugs because you're bugs. Uh, confirming it will change only the most problematic names. In March, they set out new policies regarding acceptable names. Again, we're talking about freaking insects here, people. Uh, to exclude any new terms which are referencing ethnic or racial groups and names that might stoke fear. The name of an insect might stoke fear. What is that? I'm going to cut your throat in your sleep moth. 
that might do it. That might scare some people. Uh, the policies also discourage geographic references because those are apparently racist now or something. Maybe they're geo-racists. Uh, maybe that's it. Particularly for invasive species. It also guides proposals to change existing common names. Again, insect names. Insect names. You have nothing better to do than this. Maybe you should think about going out of business. Seriously. If you like bugs, study bugs, inform people about bugs. But by God, shut up. Otherwise, we'll let you know if we want you to go to Burger King for us on a Whopper run. Okay? Otherwise, stay in your lane. ESA President Michelle S. Smith, who is a BCE. I don't know what a BCE is offhand. Hmm. Uh, said the purpose of common names is to make communication easier between scientists and the public audiences they serve. By and large, ESA's list of recognized NSA common names succeeds in this regard, but names that are unwelcoming to marginalized communities run directly counter to that goal. Oh, God. Now we're talking about marginalized communities. It's bugs, ants, moss, bugs. Is it that important? Seriously? We are killing ourselves with this garbage, people. And we're letting the morons get away with it. And we're encouraging them. And we're applauding them in some cases. Oh, your work on moth names. Oh, my God. Have you won the Nobel Prize yet? Uh, that's why Michelle S. Smith, BCE, then added, that's why we're working to ensure all ESC-approved insect common names meet our standards for diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know where I live, there's a lot of malls, a lot of freaky-looking malls. Tons of them. And I have never seen any of those malls that I thought cared about what people called them. That's it. That's it. They don't care. They're moths. They're ants. They don't care about that stuff. And neither does anyone else. I guess these people like Michelle S. Smith, BCE, I guess they're so petty that they think they have to matter and this is going to make them matter somehow. The renaming program has started with these two creatures with the ESA asking for input from the public. I'm sure the cards and letters are just pouring in. Emails by the thousands. Uh, people have lives. They have better things to do. No one cares. Okay. Okay, ESA. Okay, Michelle S. Smith, BSCE. No one cares about your damn problems, which are normally, are actually just between your ears, apparently. Uh, they're asking for input from the public as well as fellow scientists to help rebrand a selection of insects. Guess what, Chuck? You're new to the company. You know what we're going to have you do? It's important work, sir. We're going to put you in charge of rebranding a selection of insect names. That's right. Aren't you glad you went in $128,000 of college debt to get that degree in entomology? The website has a form listing the bugs which face a revamp. Oh, good Lord. Including the Mexican ricer borer, the Texas citrus mite, the African mole cricket, and the Chilean recluse spider. Good God. So it's a recluse spider. I, I assume it's related to the brown recluse, which is something you don't want to get bit by. Uh, so it's bad to say it's native of Chile, Chile, I guess. Really? All I know about Chile is a beautiful country. It's a long, skinny country on, on uh, the side of South, uh, South America there. And I know that Cody de Pablo, who played uh, uh, on uh, NCIS for years uh, as Ziva. She was a, she was a, a Mossad agent working with the, uh, the NCAIS team. I know she was smoking hot. Uh, I used to watch that show because of her. I got to like the show, too. It was a good show. It still is. I think it's still on. I think it sounds like it's 58th season or something. But she was so hot. 
That's right. That's how I get over thinking about liberals and their stupid ideas. I think about hot women like Cody Pablo, who I've never seen in anything else but NCIS. But man, she was hot. Still is. Still a beautiful lady. Uh, the online form <clears throat> allows you to suggest a new term. And the ESA confirmed working groups will be set up to recommend new common names, which will participate in identifying and proposing alternatives for insect common names that perpetuate negative ethnic or racial stereotypes. Again, may I remind you, dear, dear listeners, we're talking about bugs, for God's sake. Bugs. Proposed names will be subject to approval by the ESA Committee on Stupidity and insect common names at the ESA governing board of assholes. There you go. So uh, shout out to Michelle S. Smith, BCE. I wonder if she looks like Cody DePablo. Hmm. I don't know. Now, now I've got Cody DePablo in the brain. So there you go, folks. Those racist bugs. Are they terrifying you too? They keep me up at night. Uh, good Lord. This, these people take themselves seriously. That's the funniest part and the most frustrating part. This is one of those you have to laugh or you'll cry. Now, my friends, that's it for me. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. <clears throat> I meant to do one of these yesterday, but life intervenes sometimes. And I was fighting off racist bugs, I admit it. Big can of raid. But anyway, thank you for listening. I do, do appreciate it. Morning news, or night, noon or night, whenever you listen, thank you. If you wish to contribute and support the delegator.com, the blog that started it all. And if you wish to uh, aid the furtherance of the Daily Gator Daily Thought podcast, then uh, you can do it one of two ways. You can do it as a one-time donation, gift, whatever you want to call it, bribe. I'll take anything. If you just want to go to the delegator.com, first post, hit the button that says buy now, links to my PayPal button, our PayPal page, and there you go. Just throw me some cash. I'll take it and thank you in advance. I appreciate it. If not, fine. I'm not looking to get rich, but damn it, I will if I can. And uh, also, if you want to do a monthly subscription on the Daily Gator Daily Thought podcast, and it will support the blog and the podcast. Go to Anchor, my friends. Anchor by Spotify. Anchor.fm. Doug Hagen, I think, is the uh, official official address there. But if you had Anchor Doug Hagen or Anchor Daily Delegator Daily Thought, you'll get there, and uh, you can uh, peruse the eighty third episode and the other eighty two, of course, and you can set up a way to contribute each month a certain amount if you do that i do appreciate it and of course i'll always take big big wads of cash and big white envelopes on the back porch underneath the welcome mat too because what the irs don't know oh they might know now damn it anyway thank you for listening again my friends remember the three golden rules of life remember these you'll never go wrong god bless america go gators and if you're left there's no way in hell you're ever going to be right. God bless. Thank you, my friends, again. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. <laughs>